Welcome back to the Industry Misfit. It's been a while. I'm happy to be back. We were supposed to be coming back with the official season two this month. But of course, the coronavirus hit. We had to cease production for now, postpone things. But instead of sitting around and not coming back at all, I decided to do some special quarantine episodes and invite some of my friends and peers that are in different fields. You'll get some artists, you'll get some filmmakers and painters, um, photographers, business people, people from all different walks of life that are all going through the same thing, trying to adjust, trying to adapt figure out the new world you know the new lifestyle that we have that may become the norm on this first special quarantine episode i decided to tap in with two business women that i really respect uh, Kristen frazier and stephanie young who you'll learn more about who have some really thoughtful ideas and as things develop we are seeing more women entrepreneurs which i think is a great thing um Women have a certain creativity and a certain pay attention to detail in a certain way that men don't. So I think that they add greatness to the business landscape. Bear with us, if you will. Uh, we had to shoot this remotely. So the sound quality is not the same as if we were, you know, in the same studio together. So we cleaned it up as much as we could. I think it's some good jewels and I think you'll still enjoy the conversation that we have. Welcome back. I feel like I could be on solitary confinement and like probably be fine. <laughs> yeah. Super I do okay. I do okay. Yeah. I mean, I can too, but like it's certain things that I like to do during the day to be free. Yeah. You know? Like I just, it's not like I do nothing spectacular, but I'll go to the gym, go to the movies, go to the park. Yeah. You know? Like, and I can just do it freely, but now it's like, you know that that sucks that's what really gets me it's not like i do nothing spectacular you know i'm not a big time party or like everyday person so i'm making yeah but anyway i know you guys was like when y'all first when i first started following y'all i know y'all was like who is this dude like just following following us like, you know comment to us or whatever but like when i first came like to la so i've been in la since like november 2018 so we get into like a year and a half soon and like so i just started like kind of looking on like social media like la stuff like trying to find people who i thought were cool that were doing like business stuff um like also people who i like it's like super important for me to like you know do business and like be around people i like you know what i mean so i kind of started following y'all and i was like yo like so i, I saw a pivotal event and um it just was like it looked so dope and i was like yo this is this don't look like a normal event i was like let me see who's behind this like i know somebody like behind this so then i found you chris and then i like once i found you then i saw stuff and i was like, yo, crazy. <laughs> I was like i was like they look so like cool like they both so fun you know like i could just tell like i got a, a good level high level of discernment so i could just tell them like they're good people like so i'm gonna just like, I'm gonna follow you know what I mean? And then when the time is right, I ain't want to creep y'all out, just pop up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so once I found y'all, I was like, yeah, when the time's right, I'm going to holler at them, work with them, however I could work with them, go out, you know, support, whatever. And that's kind of how we got here. So for listeners, like I went to, um, Kristen had a, a holiday party. So that was my first time actually getting to see y'all. Our party. It was fun. <laughs> 
It was very fun. I had a good time. It was my whole purpose was just like, let me meet them in person finally, so they know like I'm a real person. And well, we're glad you came. It was fun to meet you in person. Yeah. It was, and it was like, and it was like, oh, I know who you are. Hey, it was, yeah. it was like. Online buddy. <laughs> yeah. And then um I did the volunteer thing in Compton with your holiday. Thank and then you. The funniest Grammy party that I went to the whole week was okay. the um lucky day one. And it kinda ruined the week for me because like after that every other party was a letdown. Like honestly, like I went to like the SoundCloud billboard, I went to the Empire one. And after yours it was just like, yeah, these parties not really adding up to Christmas party. So uh, the that party was so lit that I couldn't even get in. Right. <laughs> I'm stuck like, in the back. Messaging <laughs> me like, "How did you get in there? We were trying to get in. You could get in there." I was like, "Oh, that's my homie's party." Like I was bragging. I was like, "Oh, that's my party." So <laughs> some clout like around the city. I didn't really know many people were trying to get in. I guess because it wasn't, you know, publicists send out like those lists or whatever, and they got like parties on there where you could just easily RSVP, I guess. I guess yours was a little more exclusive. Um, you couldn't screen it enough, I guess. <laughs> but it definitely was dope. But I wanted to get y'all on here today because I know both of y'all got your own businesses and we're in like a time of like <clears throat> crisis that just kind of like crept up on us like and kind of halted everything that we were doing. Like I had so many plans for the summer so many projects and stuff like that that I that I was working on and now I kind of got to adjust um time wise and then kind of like strategically because I refuse to just like sit there and let like 2020 go by the wayside like we only in March so I don't care how long we're doing this I got to figure out how I'm going to put these projects out or either adjust and put other projects out in the meantime to kind of make up that make more sense like internet wise so how have you guys been like holding up like have you had like stuff canceled and pushed back and all of that type of stuff? Well, first off, I guess let everybody know what you guys do, like what field you are in, what your businesses are. Right. There you go. So, um, my name is Kristen Frazier, and I have an agency called Pivotal, and Pivotal is in the music and entertainment space. We focus on brand partnerships, basically from both art, both sides. So we have artist clients, and we help figure out the right brands for them to work with. We establish kind of different opportunities for them outside of, you know, they create the music, they do the touring, and we just try and find all the other <clears throat> synergies around them to make sure that they get the right visibility and, and, and get to new audiences and things like that. And then we have brand clients that come to us to look for and identify what talent to work with when they have campaigns or they need to do some programming or things like that. And a lot of that sometimes bring us, brings us together to create events and live moments, uh, by bringing all those things together. So it's marketing, it's partnerships and it's programming and events here and there too. So a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I'm Stephanie Young work under the name of kingdom young. And, uh, I work more on the concept side, the strategy side. So a lot of the creative concepts that kind of end up in social media content, that kind of realm is where was where I play. Um, I don't do a lot. I don't do any event stuff. I've never been an events person, always a digital social girl. Um, so a lot of my work kind of is already online. Um, Kristen and I work together a lot. We have, um, some 
random clients where we collaborate on where we bring concepts together and then that all kind of execute in both social and event space and we use a lot of um obviously Kristen works on the artists and talent side so it's always incorporating artists and talent in that when we work together so we used to work together back in the day at Beats, so it's a well-oiled machine, which is why Brandy probably saw us together a lot. In the, anyway, <laughs> we were a dream team at Beats. We started working together and, of course, came fast friends. Our energies are similar, but also um, my favorite collaborator is Stephanie. So even when we're not working on stuff, we usually come to each other and say, I'm working on this. What do you think? I need you to help me come up with better ideas. And uh, yeah, Stephanie brings out the best in my work, so... I just try and I just come out of her. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, likewise, better together, better together. Yeah. So have you, have you all had any, um, like things kind of push back or cancel? Is it, is it affecting your, your money yet? Um, on my side, I think well, as long as it doesn't go past, you know, like a month, a month and a half, we should be okay. Um, we started off the year, doing being a little bit more strategic about the events we were doing uh, last year. I was doing a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and they're not always super financially beneficial for the company. So, and they usually take a lot of energy. So we're just being a little bit more strategic on that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this year we were focusing really hard on making sure we liked, uh, we found a good art roster of artists that we could work with, um, mm -hmm. and work on their strategies. So thank God music is one thing that people still are going to want when they're home because all of our clients are kind of still pushing. Some albums might've pushed back a little bit, but we're still doing marketing. We're still doing outreach. We're still trying to align up and find out the right moments and way we can get visibility and touch fans from us all being home since everyone's so present right now, really, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so that stuff didn't change, but there were conversations about release moments and release events and things that are clearly going to be pushed back. Um, and I think, you know, I work in entertainment, so, the, all the moments are right now. Usually it's April's Coachella, then this, then that, and festivals, and then, you know, touring and things like that. So as an industry, as a whole in the industry, I think it's affecting everything. It's just now people have to get more creative. Um, and I'm, I'm not mad at that. I'm not too scared of that. It's just hopefully we can find things that, you know, people identify and attach to um, that are just different than how we usually do things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the biggest, the biggest effect I'm seeing is cause I don't, again, I'm, I'm not really around the event space. I might work around the cultural space, um, and the way people want to launch things and the way, you know, people want to talk in social media. Um, like one of my clients was planning a big, uh, trip to cover the 2020 Olympics. And we just learned today that that's postponed at the very least. So, you know, she's got to rework and, um, you know, we're, we were rework with her. The biggest thing I'm noticing though, is that, um, everybody's had to stop production, whether that means physically production of your products, because, you know, Asia's shut down <laughs> or, um, just kind of halt and, and stop spending money because we don't know, um, all the clients don't know when, like how, what, how this is going to affect their overall budget, their overall production. And so that they might have to rework their budget in the meantime. So when they do that, where they had, you know, maybe hundred thousand dollars for a campaign that might like drop to $25,000. We don't know. So, I mean, right now everybody is just kind of in a paused pattern or holding pattern while they rework what their plan is. We're all kind of waiting for answers and anticipating how long we're going to, um, be in quarantine and, and, and on hold. So that's the biggest no thing I've noticed is just everybody's just paused. Um, but even today, I think last week was the worst because there really was no answers. It was just like, stop everything, hold the presses 
today it feels like people are getting their footing again. I'm starting to hear back from people. Um, I think people are realizing that we're going to have to learn how to function. And one thing I do not know living in capitalism is that people will not let their money be stopped. So <laughs> people will figure it out. And it, like Kristen was kind of alluding to, like maybe it'll, it'll be good for innovation and, you know, people being creative about how to continue on in a different environment. So yeah, I think people are going to have to, I think what we're going to see is people getting creative um, and different ways in how they approach things and how they, I mean, we do marketing, so different ways to market. Um, and I think we're going to learn a lot about what the business actually needs and may not always need or what's the best use of our funds um, altogether. I think it's going to really transform some things. Scary at some, scary and equally like interesting. I mean, I'm excited to see like how creative we can be, but it's change for sure. It's going to be a change. Yeah, it's definitely like um, it's already like affected some of my plans. So I got a book I wrote and I have a documentary that goes with it and a soundtrack that we were working working on, um, which I was going to reach out to y'all soon about. Um, but like I wanted to release that in like August. So I don't know like if I'm going to be able to release it in August now. I mean, it give me more time to keep working on it and perfecting it and things like that. But in the meantime, now we started working on like some EPs to put out some other projects to like kind of put out and just hopefully build some momentum and use this time like effectively because I'm not the kind of person that could just sit around and like feel defeated. I just got to kind of like adjust and things like that. Um, so like my company is like I'm building it more like in the, in the elk of like a Universal or Sony or Warner where you got like different kinds of like media um, platforms that you do. So we do music. I own a studio that's in Hollywood, a recording studio in Hollywood. So that's the music part. And I do like film um, and I wrote a book. So that's the kind of stuff that I've been working on. So now I had like two meetings this week, like investing investment meetings that I had that's like pushed back like indefinitely. So that definitely like affected me, you know what I mean? Cause I'm putting a lot of money aside. I'm so used to like putting my own money together. Like I wanted to put like 20,000 of my, like, my own money behind this to do like a, a, a little campaign and everything like that. So I've been trying to learn the other aspects of business, but you know, that's all postponed now. So kind of like seeing, but so now I'm just gonna have to figure out how to do it on my own, you know? So that's that and the studio of course the studio, the rent is not going to stop for the studio because we only like we five months old so the things that i read about like some of the rent like deferment and all of that stuff was like businesses that's been open for a year and all of that so we stuck between like a rock and a hard place where they don't want us to really have anybody in there but at the same time you know it's a couple thousand dollars worth of rent a month that y'all want us to still pay so our adjustment is just like we limiting entourages like you can't bring the entourage like if you're an artist like you come in there and you record like you can't bring 10 people with you no more like until all of this is over but when we get hit up we definitely still got to take that you know that money like we got to keep business going to some point because after a while you know a couple months is okay but after a while if this drags on you know a couple thousand dollars a month we're gonna have to be like hey we're gonna have to sit this out like we'll come back right. later so we're hoping that it don't get to that point we we actually had like a good weekend of business everybody is bored so they kind of been hitting us up so we're just like yeah you can come but you just can't bring like you know the, the entourage you come you and the engineer and y'all just work it out you know so that's how have you got how have you guys been like um managing like your downtime well 
and at first those first couple of days i was like okay i was doing i was i was literally wake up and then it's like calls calls emails things like that so the mornings have felt the same even though certain things are slowing down i try and at least kind of keep the momentum in the morning but i would lie be lying if i didn't like say oh it's netflix time or <laughs> i'm gonna go to the fridge again um i let myself do that for a couple of days and then i towards like the middle of last week i said okay i can't get too used to this so just trying to i made a list of the things like even just things minor organizational things i've been wanting to get to but you never have the time to and so I just try and check things off and balance it with relaxing and like restful time because we're not going to get this time back. Our lives have never been like this. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to enjoy it, not enjoy it, but accept that a little bit too and slow it down. But also um, just kind of maintain a schedule, especially my mornings. My mornings are like when I jumpstart, it takes me an hour to get it. Stephanie knows the first hour I'm like, I don't need to talk to nobody. I seem to get in my groove. But then after a while, it's like, so I just don't want to lose that because I don't want to everything to go back to normal and I'm like slugging along. So I keep be active. And then throughout the day, I just try and find little things to, to uh, knock off my to-do list. And then I like to wrap it up with some nice Netflix and chill. <laughs> wow, what time of day do you, um, do you cut it off and kind of like going to your, your chill wind down mode? Uh, you, this lately it's been like five, six, because <laughs> no one's, the emails are slower and they're quieter now. So I feel like, I get to the vocal work during the day and then by five, usually it's like, it's music, it's entertainment. It's never really a stopping point. Emails are coming and going, but it gets pretty quiet after, has gotten pretty quiet after a certain time. So I actually feel like I have a, a nine to five type. <laughs> first time in your life ever. Yeah, even when we work at companies, there's no stop. So it's not even that the nine to five hours or whatever are full, but I just try and at least be productive within that time period. So I don't feel like, oh, shoot, I lost a day. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's been working. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, to not to, when you're at home, it's hard not to get, get slipped into um, snacking all day. Yeah. Oh, I'll just take a nap. Like I do that. I work from home anyway. So I actually do pretty well at home. But like you were saying, you like to just get out and it's weird when you can't just, I mean, I would often go to this place and sit there for a few hours for a change of scenery and we can't do that now. So what I do is um, <laughs> I will get in my car and I drive up to like a high point in the city where there's a good view, usually Mount Olympus. And I just sit there. There's no Wi-Fi, no distractions. And I open up my computer and work for as long as I can. If I really need Wi-Fi, I'll tether to my phone. But that really helps me. I think just get in a focused place where I don't feel so distracted by home and the things at home that I'm like, Oh, I need to do my laundry now. I'm like, no, you don't need to do your laundry. You need to sit down and work. <laughs> so even actually just physically leaving, even if it's just in my car or just somewhere else where I don't have distractions. Um, the other thing I've been noticing is because every, I'm usually at home and doing fine, but everybody's at work. So I don't get distracted. But now everybody's like, Instagram live videos, like everybody is just on it. Like, you know, group chats. uh, And I got really overwhelmed last week. I had to like shut everybody off and read a book, but I started putting my phone on do not disturb all day. And I mean, just like realizing that I'll get to it. There's probably not that much important things coming in. So I really had to put some like measures in place so that I don't get distracted with all the like the increase in online activity, because that's more distracting to me than staying at home. Yeah, I think because you both, I mean, I, I some usually work from a place, but a lot, I, oftentimes at least two, twice a week I'm working. And then the other days I work, meet with the, one of the girls on my team and we work together somewhere. But 
I'm glad because I think when I first started working for myself, working from home was like the biggest distraction for me and I couldn't, but now I've been doing it for a good two years. I can work at home. I'm fine. I, I know my hours. I know what I need to get done. Um, so I know people are struggling. Like, how do you work from home? Like, Ooh, I'm well oiled now. I know how to like focus and I know how to like check the, the mm -hmm. other stuff when I'm ready to. Mm -hmm. Steph, I see you. Um, you've been doing like screenwriting, huh? Yeah. Well, that's the other one. Kristen was mentioning like, this is, uh, <laughs> this is a time. And that's, I, I did a post a while, a while back was just like, this is, we've all asked for more time, whether it's, I need time to rest. I need time to get my life together, whatever it is. We all kind of say that, you know, here and there. And this literally has for a minute. <laughs> yeah. And here it is. And so I don't, I agree with Chris when you can't beat yourself up if you're not all of a sudden like writing screenplays or being productive. But for me, um, because I feel well rested and well balanced, um, I did, I do use the time I spent all weekend. I, like I literally locked myself in this room and, and worked on another draft of a screenplay that I've been working on. Not something I plan to make money from necessarily. It's just something I've always wanted to learn how to do. So I you know, take classes. I have a mentor and all that stuff. And this weekend was solely dedicated to writing, which is really cool. Well, I again, I like I think it's easier because there's, I know there's no Sunday fun day that I'm going to get FOMO from. Like mm -hmm. I didn't have to say no to anybody about going out. You know, it was just like, nobody make me feel bad. So I just sat here and wrote and nobody really paid me any mind. <laughs> so you'll, so we'll definitely like collab on some um, screenwriting stuff. I got some <laughs> movies and stuff. Let me get it under my belt and, and then we can collab. <laughs> Let me learn how to do it. <laughs> yeah, but, incredible. It's, it's, it's new, but not that. I think it's your second nature. Yeah. If you can tell a story, then all it is is about formatting and what you got, like final draft or something, then it formats it for you. So you'll be fine. Yeah, you'll that's very true. Uh, so one thing I wanted to ask y'all about is like, um, like how do you screen, um, I guess, offers in different business deals or people who come to you in business? Because like, especially in the building phase, you know, like you get excited, like, oh, somebody want to work with me or they got this amount of money. Like, how do you guys go about what's your methods or, or what's your kind of like deal breakers in, in working with new clients or, or um, saying no, I guess. I guess like for me, it has to kind of be in lot like, I, so taking all the business, right? Last, there was a point in where I was like, I didn't set up to do events and that wasn't like the core of the business that I set up, but I was doing so many that that's what you would think I we do. And that's because they were coming with quick checks, hurry, let's go, let's go. But it burned, events are amazing if that's what your focus is. For me, it just burns us out and I don't get to be in tune with the artists as much as possible. And that's what I like. I like to create the artists and figure out their pro like you know, their progress and things like that. Um, so I just had to be honest with myself and be like, okay, what kind of business do I want to run? And so really starting 2020, making that more of an official decision of like, if it is an event, what is new about it? What is creative about it? What, is it doing something amazing for the brand we're bringing like, in? Is it something more innovative? Is it, is there really music at this event? Sometimes you go to a release and it's like, Hey, we have a DJ and it's just like a party. I don't want to just do a party. I want to do something that feels creative. And, and like you said, like the lucky day thing, we wanted to make sure there was things to do there outside of get drunk. You know what I mean? Like, and everyone's going to drink and, and nothing against that, but there's a performance, there's this, there's that. I want people to like have a, an experience. So just being more strategic in that. Um, and then I think like, I didn't this like the last job I had, I loved, I didn't dislike it. We were rocking and rolling. We were working with the biggest folks and all that great stuff. 
So I decided if I left to work for myself, I really wanted to work on things I'm passionate about, with artists I'm passionate about, with people I'm, pa- I'm passionate about, with people I collaborate with really well. And so I just try and st- stay true to that because we do get offers for like artists to work on certain artists and they might be like bigger, but maybe they're just not what I like. Maybe it's not my taste or something like that. And it doesn't always have to be my taste on a song I like or, you know, whatever, but it's about the people. Are they good people? Do we have a vision that works together? Are they going to be easy to work with? Like I'm pretty, that's where my yeses and nos come in pretty like, uh, from my gut a little bit more, I guess it's kind of like, this is cool. I know it's doing well, but the person's not easy to work with, or they might have a different moral code than I even have and things like that. So I just try and keep that in line. And I also am just trying to keep it to working with the amount of artists that feels comfortable where everyone gets our, our, our attention and we're not pulling from one other, you know, we're not just take, taking on everyone just to do it. It's like, okay, we can work with this amount because everyone's going to get the right amount of attention. Their projects are staggered. They have different, you know, they're, they have unique visions and things like that. And so we're feeling like we're working on in different collaborations and everything's getting its breathing room. Um, I just don't want to take on everything. And then artists are like, well, you hired her. I never even heard from her. Like, I want to make sure everyone gets the right amount of attention and, and right amount of effort. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But that's why I actually like you because I know you have morals. Most people just be like, let me get the bag. I'll delegate this to my intern. I'll do this. I'll do that. And it's not really you don't get really the experience. I mean, that's what happens with a lot of people once they kind of get bigger and then mm-hmm. in a reputation, like I hired her and I didn't really get what I needed, but that's because they probably just taking on any and everything that comes along. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I just want to make sure I'm doing good work. I think I'm very, my work is very, Stephanie is the same way. Like our work is very important to us and they want to make sure we're putting out good things and things that we feel excited about when Steph- Stephanie are very the same in the same, in the sense that when something comes to us or we're working on something and we're excited about it, there's no, there's no way it's not going to work. Cause we will not let, you know, like we're like passionate about it. We're excited about it. We we're just as much of a fan of certain things as we are the people that are behind it. So I think I like to, I like to feel like that. And mm-hmm. if I always feel like that, that'll be a blessing. You won't all, you don't always get that feeling, but I try and stay in that vein as much as possible. Much as possible. Mm-hmm. How about Steph? What's the deal breakers for you in terms of, um, well, I tell you what, when I first started out, there was hardly any deal breakers. It was like the only goal was to, to get stable and make money and, and really just to provide like something, st- you know, stable for myself to prove that I could pay myself as I've, I'm going on year three now, maybe three, something like that. And, um, yeah. And, uh, through the years I've been able to hone in on what I like to do, what provides my best, where I can provide my best work and what makes most sense to me growing my business financially. And I've slowly kind of tried to cultivate the types of clients. I have a business coach that I work with. Um, and she, she's really helpful in identifying, helping me identify the clients that I need to be talking to. Um, and those clients are typically there. I mean, it just depends on, I think, what I can provide for them. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of digital clients, especially because a lot of my referrals come from like, oh, I'm a digital girl, but I'm not like a nerdy, you know, growth hacker. I'm not, those are not my expertise. So if someone comes to me for that and, and they have a certain budget and I don't think I can do the most of that budget, I won't take the money, not because I wouldn't want it, but, or if they're a good client, just because I don't believe that I can deliver on what they want. And when you sign up for that, nobody is going to be happy in the end. I'm not doing what I want. They're not getting the best results that they could get for their budget. 
And then everybody feels bad and looks bad. And then that just leaves a sour taste. And then you don't know where that referral then goes from there. So those are the ones I really say no to is when I, I look at their budget and I look at the scope of what I think I would do for them or as a brand director, which I used to be in my previous life, like what would I do for this brand? If it's not in line with that, or like they just have a portion of the budget, I probably won't take the project just because I don't think it's going to be successful. Um, and that's, you know, those are one by one basis. You can never tell. It's always different. Again, Kristen mentioned the team. If there's, uh, I do work with clients with very small budgets. Other resources, they have their own passion. You know that they're not going to drop the ball. They, you know, they're the same type of person. Well, their project will make it no matter what. <laughs> so those people, like, I'm willing to to sign up for, even if the budgets are smaller than I would hope. So it just really depends. It's not on any sort of you know cost uh, threshold. Um, it's not any particular you know uh, area, medium product. It, it doesn't really matter. It's really looking at them and saying, okay, I think this is going to be a great fit with what I would what I would strategically do with this client and what they can afford to do or how they want to execute. So, yeah, I'm not sure if that answered the question very well. <laughs> Definitely for sure. Um, I guess what I, I guess what the only other thing I wanted to say is like, um, what is, what is it that would be like a deal breaker? See, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to separate like personal from mm. it. And I really don't know how, cause that's yeah. just the kind of person I am. That's like, I'm like a, a, a real person. So I gotta like actually feel you. And sometimes that kind of get in the way of business. Cause it's like people I don't like, um, you know what I mean? So in terms of like screening people and seeing, I guess like a big opportunity of like an artist who, you know, would be good for your business wise, but morally or ethically, you don't really like them. Like I was talking about like how I don't really like Kanye West, but that would be like a huge person for me to work with. But if somebody was to call me like, yo, I got Kanye and you want to meet you, I probably wouldn't go just because of like, I don't like the way he's been moving around. And that's like, you know, that's something about me that I'm trying to like, yeah. it's like, you know, you've got to weigh that you got to figure out. So we, me and Steph, were, we were talking about it um, and we wanted you to chime in on like what opportunity would you, would you take or how would you handle it? She, she mentioned that if it was something that was small that she could use for, you know, her business forever, like you can have Kanye's picture, like you worked with Kanye on your website for the rest of you know, time, but it wasn't anything that really compromised your business and she may consider it. What, what would you do in, in a situation like that? If you had artists like that? Kanye is a hard, that's the hardest example, by the way. I'm with you on it, Brandon, but, um, it depends if it's just for the most part, like, I mean, for example, someone recently, cause we help people do bookings and someone reached out to me about, we were going through talent back and forth and then they wanted me to reach out to one artist that is kind of has, has, has been in trouble for domestic violence and things like that. And I gracefully, and it would have been good money for me, but I said, Hey, you know, I just don't want to, I'd rather just not be a part of the deal. I don't think it aligns with who our brand is. And I like, it wouldn't. And even if I put it up there, people would question me because they know right. we are and how we operate. So they'd probably be like, when did, well, how would that work? You know? So it depends if it's someone that I just maybe personal, like there's certain personal things and it might look good on my site and it's not like 
there's this huge moral conflict to it. Maybe that would change if it could be like a white glove thing. You know, sometimes you can do, uh, sometimes you take it on brand stuff. That's like, maybe the brand's not as like that cool or whatever. Da, da, da. We can do a white glove. We'll do some really cool stuff with you guys. We don't need to necessarily put it everywhere on our stuff. Um, but if it's like a real moral code thing where I like my, me as a, me as a person, our company as the company it is and how we operate, if we see these things next to each other don't make sense or make people question our um, reputation, I guess, then I would just have to say no. But if it's something that could help and uplift our brand and it's not necessarily a moral breakdown, it's just like a preference, maybe we can figure out how to work and we can just, you know, make sure it works for everyone's benefit. Um, but yeah, morally, I think it, it depends how deep it goes for me because I really just try not to stay to work with anything that's really against kind of who I, how I, uh, how I, uh, bring myself into the world, I guess. And, and it's tough. And like, uh, I guess the business where we in, in business period, but in like entertainment, a lot of people aren't the best morally and ethically. Yeah. Um, they don't have like the best actions and stuff that, you know what I mean? So it's kind of hard in terms of like figuring that out, but you mentioned something, um, that was, that was dope. I think, um, like when you said the white glove thing, when you said you can build a strategy or if they ask you about some campaign stuff and they want to hire you for stuff like that, then that would be something, you know, that you can do and not be the face of the, the actual campaign. You know what I mean? Because I, I think that's dope. I think if they ask me like some advice on, on some stuff like music or something like that, I think I would be willing to work in that way, but I would be willing to like stand beside him you know what I mean? On some stuff like that. So I think, I think that's dope. So your, your, um, your recommendation or, or your way of going about it is nice to white gloves. And then, um, Seth, when she said that she would just kind of like, it depends on the scale mm-hmm. of, you know, in terms of, yeah. and I don't work with artists. So it's a little bit different because artists are individuals versus brands. Like if there's a brand who's just kind of a pain in the ass in general, I was saying like, if I don't think Nike's a pain in the ass, but I just use Nike as an example. Like say I don't have to do an entire huge campaign, but if I can do something small and be able to associate my name with a brand that's going to elevate mine, then mm-hmm. it's totally worth the headache. No matter, you know, as long as you're not like tanking your whole year for it, you know, that's kind of what I was saying. Like if it's a small project and you can, you know, do one of these and benefit from it and keep it moving, that to me is worth it. Um, it, even, if, like, even if the budget's not there, if I'm getting paid less, if it's going to benefit me and my business and build the value in my business, I will say yes, but probably I won't say yes forever. I'll just say yes enough for it to benefit me and then I'll be on. <laughs> exactly what she said, like do enough that it, if it is something that you want to uh, put out there that you worked on because it does align you in the right way, but you know, maybe down the line, you don't enjoy working with them or whatever. I say, I think good opportunity it's like you want to try like this is a big company maybe they're great maybe there's you know we'll see and you know that's good enough <laughs> honestly sometimes that's yeah. good enough you don't have to pay with a client that's gonna tank you like Stephanie said or like kill you like drive you crazy because um or not listen or whatever like I don't it's gotta feel, you know a lot of times we are, we are we have clients and we are the ones that just to deliver what they want same thing with me with artists hey my opinion okay just let me deliver for what you what you need and there's some things that feel more collaborative but if you're if you're hiring either stephanie or myself to give you strategy or consult or give you advice and nothing's being taken into consideration it's like okay we tried it doesn't have to work for the future but 
hey, if it makes you look good, guess who I work with? <laughs> you know, we, we try, <laughs> you know, right. so. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just, it's a, it, it's always a balance, and I think this is for everything. Um, like, especially if, they're, if it's mutually beneficial, that's the best. But at the, when it comes down to it, it's can I use it to help build my value, or is it actually monetarily valuable? <laughs> like, it's got to click one of those boxes. Otherwise, why am I doing it? It otherwise it takes away from my day and my like I could spend five hours a day that I would be spending on a project that I feel like I'm getting underpaid for. And I could be looking, you know, biz debbing for bigger clients that actually would benefit me more. So for me, it's just a balance of figuring out where is that threshold of when the, like it's a diminishing return, you know, on my effort or on my time. I think this, this time that we in right now, like the political climate of it is, is unique because it's so far apart. Like normally you can say, okay, somebody vote conservative or they vote, you know, democratic or whatever. And you could just respect their opinion because it's all about like how we grew up or like, you know, but now it's like, it feels like evil versus good. Like, you know, evil versus a lot less evil or something, you know, it's, it feels just like so far apart. Like before I never really cared. Like, okay, I expect you to vote a certain way. So I'm not really tripping about it. But now it's like, after everything that's been done and the way everything is, I'm like, how can you still just allegiance, uh, just because of an allegiance to like a political party, still think that's the way we're supposed to go? Because a lot of people just voting from allegiance to a political party. Like, they don't even like voting because it's financially beneficial for them to vote that way, you know? And you realize a lot of people are probably like that and really, you know are just voting to protect their bank account, you know? Mm-hmm. They may not believe anything they're voting into, but that's the one reason they do. I, mean, I, I, I agree with you. It, a lot of things that go along with that just because of, hey, my pockets are safe, I'll be fine, you know? Right. It is. I, I also am highly infuriated <laughs> all the time. You follow me on Twitter, Brandon, you know? <laughs> um, it is hard. It's very hard. Uh, especially, you know, I come from a conservative place. I come from Idaho. Um, and it's interesting there too, cause you know, the people, you know, are not bad people. And then you find, you know, find out who they vote for. And it's almost like, wait, what? Like, you did? Wait, what? You know, like it's shocking. Um, cause I, you know, I don't think anybody sees themselves as the, as the villain or doing bad things. Everybody has a reasoning and it's, it is frustrating. Maybe it's lack of information or too much information from some questionable sources. Yeah. I mean, that's the frustrating part. Yeah, it definitely is. How do you guys deal with, um, I guess people who flake or are like bad with your time, like don't really respect your time or, and things like that. Cause you definitely get that out here a lot. You just cut them off. You need to cut it. Um, <laughs> I think LA has a way of people do flake and not everything always works out on the first time. Maybe, a first time slide, but if someone doesn't respect your time, they probably won't respect your business either. And like what you, your needs are in terms of everything to work. So I think for me, it's okay. Like, I think it's, it's to a fault that, and I think Steph knows this too. It's like, I kind of, I've made so many great friends through work that I know that my, I have great friends that were all, will also like, roll their sleeves up and get to work and are ge- are brilliant and are hardworking and all these things. So sometimes I judge people personally because of that too. I'm like, they're kind of like, mm. so I need to separate it sometimes, but I think how you see people do something is how you'll see them do work. So if they're flaky about time or 
not, you know, considerate of what you need, like the, the reciprocal and all that good stuff. They're probably, that's probably how it's going to be to work with them. So cut your losses. <laughs> mm-hmm. That might be the Sagittarius in us. That's, that's like that. Sure. You know, that's, we love everyone. And then if you're not, but, but, if, but if you with it, like, like tolerance for like BS for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for, to, I agree. How, how you do one thing is mostly how you're going to do everything is a philosophy. I kind of agree on, on all of life. Um, but there are some times when you do have to like go and network and meet people and it is annoying when they flake and how I combat that is if you kind of know someone's flaky is I will, I will temper a, my expectations and B make my plans so that they'll work for me if they flake or they don't. Does that make sense? So like, I'm not, if they're, if they're a flake, and they say, let's meet on the West side. I probably will be like, let's not meet on the West side or I'll make other plans so that it's still beneficial for me to drive out there. You know, like mm-hmm. I won't put myself in the position to be disappointed or I'll get a little smarter about trying to do those things. I mean, sometimes networking is unavoidable and you have to catch up with people and you have to spend your time and you know, it's just, that's the way the world works. But for me, I try to um, protect my time as much as possible by just knowing what, just having really a good backup plan and then lowering expectations. Just assume the worst and then be excited that if they show up. <laughs> I just spoke with, um, go ahead, Chris. No, there's yeah. just a, in LA, we're all in a LA and industry focus specifically is a very, the industry is a unique place. And I feel like I'm working in the industry, but I don't feel like I am industry. I like real people. I like real conversation, all that, you know, like let's really hang. Let's really get to know each other. I like that stuff. But you'll meet the people, especially if you're doing well, or you got some good association. They're like, let's build, let's chat. We pick a brain. Did it all day, all day, all day, all day, all day. If it's only one sided, if it's only you calling me to get information, how to benefit yourself. If it's only, Hey Chris, I need this. I mean, I think I worked at beats. You would get calls. Like you would think headphones were a million like a, a check to you. People will call like three in the morning. Yo, I need that. Like whatever. Give me, give me, give me, give me. If you realize it's not like, there's no way if I need something, I can't call you. Or if I just feel like mm-hmm. it's just not a line because it looks good for you. Or you want to be close because it look like seeing that from you. Do I always cut those people off? Like immediately? No, I'll always show love, but I see you and I know what it's about. <laughs> and I know if you're calling me, it's because you need something. And you mm-hmm. just gotta like know how to boundaries with that stuff too. Like, Hey, it's all love when I see you, but no, <laughs> but you can't just use this as a, a resource forever. That, um, that ask you for stuff. And we, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was when you realize that there are people who, um, they're, they're always going to ask for headphones or whatever it is, but you know that you're not the only one on their list. Mm-hmm. They're asking you and then they're going down the list. If you don't answer them, they're going to ask so-and-so and then they're going to ask so-and-so and then they've asked for shoes. And then they've asked, I mean, these are the type of people and it makes you knowing that people who ask for stuff are the type of people who ask for stuff for free and expect to get it. You are one stop on their train. Like, so if you say no, they're actually going to keep it pushing. You can't like internalize that and yeah. feel bad. Like, Oh, hem and ha, because you may feel a certain way about it, but they're honestly probably just going to keep it pushing. Yeah. You, know? you do get a lot of people like that. That's like a lifestyle where they, they yeah. kind of, live off of trying to get free stuff that's very irritating i have like right how they're in the end like that's what their thing is um i feel like just see it you don't have to make it a big it's not a big to me i think it's i've been around it long enough where it's not a big deal there's just that's part it's it's they're a player in the game you know there's always like the there's the stage there's always a couple of those on the stage you know so 
it's kind of like knowing how close to play like you know you're good you're cool people but i mean like i i see what this is and blah, 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 blah. i mean you can't take it personally mm-hmm. um but it's also like i think it's like the same thing like with people that are flaking stuff it's like i see how you operate it doesn't mean i just like you i just know that we probably can't do business or i just got to keep you at bay um because how you do that is how if, if we do something that's going to affect how i do something mm-hmm. i kind of look at, I, I think i kind of look at um like flakers and like people that's always late like as lousy and i don't really like lousy people so lousy. i think I like the word lousy. I forget how good that word is. <laughs> like, I don't like lousy people. Like, we all adults. Like, you know, we have to hold ourselves accountable at some point to be, like, who we say we are or be what we say we do, do what we say we do. So I don't really like people that's, like, I just, I don't, I don't like to surround myself around that energy. So that's one of the things. I, I had to start cutting people off that ask me for, like, a lot of advice because they just don't listen. Um, I don't know if you guys have that, like people who call you for some kind of consultation, they don't listen, they do their way anyway, it don't work, and then they come back to you again and ask you for like more advice. So I had to start cutting like people off for that because that's like super irritating. If you ask me for advice, I at least want you to take some of it and I can see like some progress or else I'm wasting my time because like y'all, I'm very passionate. So if you ask me about something, I'm actually going to put thought into it and like try to give you the best guidance that I can give you. And if you don't take it, then I see fail and crash and burn. I'm kind of like offended, you know? Yeah. No, I see, like, I love, I actually am one of those people that like, I encourage, like, especially with folks, I'm always like, you ever see me get me like, I'll, I'll talk to people. If they, people hit me up like, hey, I want some advice. I'm always down, especially if it's someone young that's new and wants to get into it. And like, there wasn't many resources when I was coming up either. So I just try and be that resource. I think it's for me that where I, where I put the boundary up and stop are the people that are kind of like, literally like, come give me a whole idea for this thing I'm doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like that whole pick your brain thing of, and usually the folks that hit you with the pick your brain usually want like direct information or whatever that, you know, which is most of the time I don't mind it. Hey, if I'm already busy here, whatever, but I think it's the people who are just takers and not, uh, it's not, you know, it's gotta feel a little bit mutual or it's gotta feel not that I need something back. It's not tip or tap, but it's to feel like that you're not just here just to suck at the well dry. Thank right. you. Um, but I don't get offended. If I guess one advice, they don't, that's their journey. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sure. I was going to say, I think Beyonce said it best in her, um, what she say at homecoming when she was, or which one was it? She goes, I don't know why I'm going to continue giving you notes when you haven't addressed the last notes I gave you. <laughs> what is, I can't remember which one she says that in. Give you notes if you haven't addressed what I've already told you. So right. like, I'm not going to give That's a good way to say that. Yeah, it's a perfect way to be like, I'm not going to give you more and more advice if you're not going to acknowledge it. Like, right. It's like, I feel like I have more of those in my like personal friend relationships, like with friends with a horrible <laughs> or whatever. And they're like, what do I do? I'm like, leave. you know, I don't want to be the jerk, but he's not. So we'll leave him. And then they're so with him. And they're like, okay, well, <laughs> mm-hmm. so okay. Next question. I got you back. I hold you guys for forever. I want you to get back to um, your quarantine lives, whatever that entails. But um, what was the motivation um, for starting your own companies? working with, you know, I guess, was it Apple when you left too? Was it Apple by the time you guys left? Mm-hmm. Already merged. So working with Beats and and, um, and Apple, I guess for a lot of people, that would be um, kind of like a dream corporate scenario. What was the motivation for you to, to go off and branch off and start your own companies? 
Um, for, well, for me, I think I always knew I wanted to have um, work for myself at some point. I actually like had that in my head. I know music, entertainment, but I knew I wanted to do it at some point. And I think, so Pivotal, actually, I founded it and started it in 2014. That's before I moved to LA. Like, as I was taking the job at Beats, I worked at a label. I was working with all the artists. I was doing strategic partnerships for the artists. I was doing basically what I do now on my own for them. And I had really good relationships with them. So when I was leaving, there, there were two specifically that were kind of like, well, what are we going to do when you leave? I'm like, well, there's going to be someone new. You'll be fine. And they're like, no, I still want you to work on my stuff. I'm taking a new job, but whatever. So they, an artist is Pusha T's manager that encouraged me to start an L, like get an LLC. So you still want to do some stuff with you and, da, 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 da. and in case you bring in stuff, I want to make sure you're taken care of. So I had started it. I moved to work for beats. Um, and I just kind of put it to the side. I do things here and there, but it's to the side. Um, and I, but I knew in my gut and my heart, I was going to get back to it at one point and give it my full attention because when I do something, I give it my full attention. So at beats, I knew I had to give it my all. There was, <laughs> at Steph, there was no room to think of it. Many other things. It was, we were at beats when it was like, literally, I think my second week is when they announced that Apple was going to buy us. Like I wasn't even there for two weeks when they were like, I was like, Oh, oh okay. What's happening. And you know, was, we, we had a full job. We all had full plates. We loved what we were doing. So it took all of our energy and passion until a couple of years in when I started just doing side things, managing some DJs and things through Pivotal. Um, but I felt like, I think it was when I felt like I learned the lessons I needed from the places I've been before. So at Beats, I felt like I learned those lessons there. I knew that, I knew what the next steps were. I didn't necessarily need the next level of the job. I liked what I was doing, but I don't know if there was growth there. There's always growth there, you know, whatever. But for me, I felt like where I wanted to stay or what I wanted to do. And I felt like all the rules I had before that gave me another little like tool for my belt. And I felt like I, have I learned all the tools? No, there's always so much more to learn, but I felt like I had a good amount of tools in my belt to go branch off on myself. And I think it was between the tools and my great, the relationships I built that I felt were really great and genuine that I felt like I could, it was a good time to branch off. And I think it, it, it was. Yeah. How about you? Mine, mine's opposite. Um, I didn't, I left beats for a startup job actually first. Um, to the re I mean, Beats was awesome. The reason I left was because I felt like I needed uh, a bigger job, more experience. And at Beats, is you know, it's just there's a lot of people, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. So taking a startup job was allowed me to grow a little bit more in a different way. Um, and then I did that for about a year, and it wasn't a great fit. So once I didn't work there anymore, I wasn't ready to go back to another brand job. I mean, Beats had totally worn me out. This job had like wiped me out. I was just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know where I want to go because I'm tired. And so I decided to consult for a little bit, like for the time being until I felt something, you know, was worthwhile to kind of look at or consider. And I just never went back. <laughs> I, I, I never really intended to start something on my own. And I always tell, told Kristen, like, ooh, I don't want to be agency side. That sounds awful. Um, <laughs> it is like, I do not want to work for myself. Like she would yeah. say, <laughs> such good things, but so seriously too. So seriously. And so I never really intended to. It was really on accident. And I just kind of kept doing it because I wasn't ready to go back yet um, to a brand side. Because when you are part of a brand, and as Kristen's mentioned, we're passionate people. And I was... I would just give my everything and I was tired. And I, the thing that working um, on an agency side or not on the brand side is it allows you a little bit of a disconnect. Like I hand over my ideas and what you do with them is like, it's beyond me. You know, it's not really mine anymore. So I can't get so worked up if it goes or not. So that actually was really healthy d distance for me. Um, and 
like unbeknownst to myself, I, I, I actually love the freelance lifestyle. Like I love not having to commute. I love wait, you know, being in my own space, being in my own temperature, like not being in an air conditioning office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so like those things really work for me. So I've, I've been able to grow. Like once I decided about a year in, I was like, okay, I've been able to make a living this year. I'm going to really like give it the old college try and try to grow it now and like make it a thing. And that's when I started branding it. Um, a little bit more, uh, you know, making a website, just being a little more official about it because I decided to commit. And the minute I decided to commit, I think I was able to double my business that year. So I think it really did matter, like the intention, how I talked about it, how I represented myself all changed in that year. And that really like worked. Um, so it was, it was, it's an interesting thing. And even now I'm, I still am not super committed if the right opportunity comes up. Like you saw me writing a screenplay earlier. If that opportunity came, I would change. I would change. Um, I've never been shy at changing careers. I think what I'm good at is um, doing what works for as long as it works. So this is working for now, and I like it, and it's fun, and making money, and we get to do this in the middle of the day. <laughs> what, what kind of tips would you give um, someone transitioning from getting a consistent paycheck to now fighting and fending for yourself? Have six months of savings before you quit. That's a good one. That's a good like one. hands down. I when someone told me that years ago, and I didn't believe them. And oh my gosh, like it just makes the anxiety you will experience in the first year is unlike anything you think you will get. And everybody gets it. Everybody who's done this gets right. it until you get used to not having a paycheck. You're like, okay, I can do this, but it takes a long time. And it, and it take a minute to kind of track and build, like to get yeah. your. Then I'm going. Yeah, and I think this, like that's how it takes a minute because, like, especially with people like Steph and I, like, I always worked in a corporate. I always work for someone else for uh, different companies and things like that. But we are, you know, if you know when the check's coming, the first and the fifteenth or whatever it is, every two weeks or the benefits, you know, it's all there. And then when you have to adjust that mind, it's just preparing for that because it's. I don't think you necessarily can, but you have enough, uh, so you don't. So you can focus on your business and you're not strictly st- stressed out about the financial side of it. It's important. It just alleviates that part of it for you. Um, I think that's the making what happened? No, I was, keep going. I said I think that's an underestimated part of entrepreneurship is is the the discipline financially and the switch that you're gonna have to take on deal yes. with. Yeah, I shoot. I wanted to still look like I was making the, my old paychecks for a minute, and I was like, oh, oh, oh that's not money. Okay, forget. Um, but I think also in just making sure when you make that decision. Um, that you've done all like whatever you're going to do, you've done the research in it. You kind of know you've had the conversations. I love to talk to other uh, entrepreneur friends of mine and just kind of like do your research. Like it's no journey. I think is the same, but they all, what we found is like, there are a lot of similarities. Um, Steph and I, we had this dinner once for a bunch of entrepreneurs around the holidays. And it was just like, everyone did something different. Everyone had their own company in a different lane, but we all had the same stresses. And I remember like after that, it just felt like, oh my God, we all, you know, you can feel isolating because you're focused on your thing and your business and your stuff. And it's, you're no longer in a room full of people and things like that as much as you used to be. So just kind of like building that community too will give you a sense of sanity. Um, you don't realize it, but no matter if you're doing the same thing or not running your business or running your own show, all have the same kind of stresses along with it. So. Yeah. I would say practically too, like if you can at all build your business while you're still running, having a full-time job, if that's your position right at the moment 
and you all can like build it on the side until you reach at that threshold where it's too much and then you can jump over like that that would be a smart move like use all the time you have in the day and you might be a year of really hard work of you know crazy hours but it will be worth it in the end if you have a little bit of a cushion to land once you jump mm-hmm. um and i would say like the thing that um what Kristen was saying too, you will go a little bit nuts on your own. <laughs> it's a lot of time by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even like, I mean, there's a, quite a few of us who work together at Beats who are now on our own. Like we'll meet, do me, even if we're not working on the same projects, we'll meet together, work from the same space, just have, you know, these are all the coworkers I liked a lot anyway. So it's like, <laughs> we still get to be in each other's air, um, even if we're not exactly working on the same project. So just like making sure you still are in contact and finding ways to work in the same space as people, because it will make you feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's awesome advice for sure. I think um, for me on my business journey, I just, every job I got, I used to like get to the top way faster. Like if it usually takes somebody like a year and a half to get somewhere, it would be, I would get there in like six months and they would be like, how is this person doing this? I remember like I worked in marketing and account management at um, like one of the biggest banks and I was bringing in like a million dollars a month in like revenue. And I started looking at that and I'm like, I'm making a million dollars a month and my salary was like 50,000. And I'm just <laughs> It's time, like, it's time to really, like, get to your next level because, like, I've been, I wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was 10. So, mm-hmm. I was, well, it was a businessman then because I didn't know entrepreneur meant, but I wanted to do that since I was 10 years old. So, it got to a point where I'm tired of filling out applications. Like, every time I get somewhere and I hit a ceiling, like, I'm filling out another application and I'm going to another job and the same thing's happening where I grow too fast and there's nowhere for them to put me. You know, so and being in Virginia, it's not so many like entertainment, any entertainment, basically. So coming to L.A. was like my big thing. What 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 uh, what made you guys come to L.A.? Actually, because because I know you're from Idaho. Chris, are you you're not from L.A., right? No, I'm from South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. So what was that? Was it Beats that brought you both to L.A.? Yeah, oh. I, I was in New York and then, yeah, um, I worked with Beats a lot on the label side because i was in charge of all the brand stuff for the artists so they were essentially a partner for a long time and then they asked to come to la switch it up oh yeah that's awesome for sure all right well is it anything else i guess business-wise that you'd like to tell everybody or any final thoughts thank don't you be so hard on yourself <laughs> don't be what hard on yourself don't be so hard on yourself is a very big key thing mental Mental health, because you can drive yourself nuts for sure. Um, and especially during this time, just keep your head up. Just We are all in the exact same boat. Whether you work for people, whether you work for yourself, we're all in the same boat right now. No one's really sure. So you might as well keep your head healthy and clear because, you know, we're all going to be figuring it out together. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I want to thank y'all both for getting on here short notice. I just said I, I want to start a quarantine podcast and, and <laughs> about real issues since everybody is like sitting around. So I thank y'all for getting on here and I admire both of you for sure. You're wonderful. Thanks yeah. for having us love and support.